You're listening to Creatives Making Money, the podcast for creatives who are on a mission to do the work they feel most called to do and make some money while they do it. This is a show for the makers, the dreamers, the doers, the creators, the artists, the crazy ones, and the ones who are determined to consciously build the life and career of their dreams. Here, we don't just believe in getting your dream job, we believe in creating it. So what does creative success even look like? How do we live a fully expressed, abundant AF life? That's precisely what we're here to find out. My mission with Creatives Making Money is to conduct 100 interviews with successful creatives and those who love and support them about money, career, and the process of making and doing what they most love, including all of the ups, downs, and in-betweens. I'm your host, Jamie Jensen, writer, storyteller, filmmaker, serial entrepreneur, and shameless creator. No matter where you are in your creative and financial journey, I'm here to help you create like you mean it. Hello and welcome to this episode of Creators Making Money, which is called The Six Pillars of a Six-Figure Copywriting Business. So, Last week we talked about, last week, last episode, we talked about how to make great money as a writer because there are a myriad of ways to make money as a writer, but how do you make great money as a writer? And in my opinion, the best way to make great money as a writer is to write copy for hire. And the reason is that the work you're doing is then so wholeheartedly attached to, to revenue growth and financial growth for a business or brand, and that allows you to charge a higher premium and deliver work that actually creates ROI and value and revenue for a business and for your clients. And then it just feels good. It feels good um, to value your work at that level and to charge money like that. So I actually came into copywriting because I, uh, if you're new to my podcast and don't know this, I came into copywriting because I had a screenwriting background, I had a master's in film producing, an undergraduate degree in storytelling, and from Queens, New York, and I was bartending to pay my bills and making movies and writing by day. And I had been doing that for years. Bartending was like my money revenue generating thing. It was how I put how I put money in the bank account, how I paid my student loans. It was how I functioned. And I eventually got to a point where I was still living in my mother's house in a tiny bedroom in Queens, New York. Um, I could barely fit a desk in my bedroom. And this was seven years ago now. Um, And I had other people that were at the bar with me that worked night shifts but were also making money doing graphic design stuff during the day or they were like actors getting gigs. And I remember thinking to myself like, it feels like I could make money during the day and at night. It just feels like I'm missing an opportunity here to be making money a different way and maybe creating a revenue stream where I don't have to be a bartender anymore and where I have flexibility and I can work during the day and sleep at night and the overnights were just starting to get really taxing as fun as it was to bartend. And I just knew that you know, with my level of education and the level of value that I had to bring in and that I had to bring to the table, there had to be something else that I could do that would make me, that that was aligned for me and would make me great money. And I, I ended up stumbling into copywriting, ironically, because I joined a coaching program 
And in a world where I was surrounded by many coaches, I felt very clear that I was going to coach people on their writing because I was here I was like churning out movie scripts like it was nobody's business, consistently hitting the goals and professionally showing up and getting it done. Um, and I had a lot of people around me who weren't doing that and they were like always looking at me, asking me for advice and being inspired by what I was doing. And I thought for sure it would be writing coaching. And I, I actually did in the beginning of my business take on some writing coaching clients and I did that for a good six months. And I pivoted to copywriting, quite honestly, because everyone was asking me to write their copy for them and it just blew up faster. It flowed in so quickly and so effortlessly at first that I couldn't possibly say no to it and so I just leaned in and I followed the flow. And what's funny is I, I started, you know, I started sort of trepidatiously and the more I realized how much fun I was having with it and how easy it felt, the more I wanted to do it. And what happened was I ended up completely taking my first business and like rebranding, doing copy instead. And within the first few months of going full-time, because I kept bartending for a while, within the first few months of going full-time, I had my first five-figure month. And there are things that I did <clears throat> with my business that I know set me up for that success that were not the same things as I was seeing other copywriters doing who were approaching the business you know, with a freelancer's mindset or were not quite as like clear or confident or directive in the way that they were um, treating their brand, treating their business, treating their clients. They just weren't operating like a business, even though they were like a one, one woman or one man shop. And... Um, as a result of that, you know, as a result of my sort of setting things up strategically in a certain way, structurally in a certain way, attracting the clients I attracted, I ended up scaling my business into an agency really quickly and moving into mentoring other copywriters pretty quickly as well. There's a lot of things that I credit that success for. I don't think that having a master's in producing hurt me. I don't think that having released a feature film digitally online hurt. Um, you know, a lot of it was the talent that I brought to the table, but there was a decent amount of education experience. I was raised by an entrepreneur. It was not, I was not my first rodeo with copy, even though it was the first time I was, I was having people pay me to do it. So there were a lot of reasons that that it scaled so quickly for me, but I credit a lot of that. There's a very specific way that I set things up that had it work that way. And what I've realized after mentoring lots of other copywriters and creative service providers over the last, you know, six years, but me really more in the last four, even since I shut down my copywriting agency, is that there are actually six pillars to a six-figure copywriting business or any creative services business. So if you're listening to this and you have a creative services business, if you're a graphic designer, if there's another way that you offer done-for-you creative services, you know, maybe you're a photographer or maybe you... Um, you know, there's there's other creative work that you get commissioned to do, this can benefit you. So here's what it is. Now, the first pillar is skills, right? Like you can't you can't <laughs> do shitty work and expect to make a lot of money. You just you can't. You know, I'm not gonna tell you that there are a lot of uh marketing coaches and business coaches out there who are telling you like you're tired of relying on referrals and, and I'm not saying you should build a business where you're relying primarily on referrals but what I am saying is if you're not overwhelmed by the referrals that you're getting then you're doing something wrong on the skills level um, or you're doing something wrong on the audience targeting level so skills 
what do I mean by skills? I mean like the actual service quality you're delivering, right? Like what is the service and what is the quality of the service you're delivering? You know, are you a good copywriter? Does your copy actually get results for clients? Do they love it? Are they excited about it? You know, are you really like hitting the nail on the head with the messaging, with the strategy? So that really is the first pillar. It's sort of asking yourself, are you really that good? Are you there yet? Do you understand what you're doing? Do you understand the basic structures? Are you on top of like what's hot right now and what's going well in marketing, especially if you're offering direct response copywriting? It really helps to know what's happening right now. And of course, there are a lot of different specializations in copy. Um, you know, I had my own specializations, which were primarily direct response and and brand and website copy for other service-based businesses. Um so that is the first pillar. I would say if you are doubting your skills in any way, take a training, get into a mentorship, you know, work with work within a mentorship capacity in some way, shape, or form. And so that could look different ways. You know, when I scaled my agency, I brought other writers in to help deliver the work, but I also mentored them and worked with them and supervised their writing. And that improved their skills. So as they stayed with the agency and worked with me on their writing, they became higher value copywriters. So there's ways you can do that. You can either work with an agency who offers mentorship and like wants to really invest in you, um, or you can just work with a mentor who can invest in you and help you get your skills up to snuff. The second pillar is personality. And so what is personality? It doesn't mean like you're boring and like be more interesting. Um, it means like be more you, be more you online, right? Be more you and how you stand out, how you show up. So what I call this really is the standout factor. It's what's your personality? What's your brand? What's your values? What's your ethics? Do you have a mission? Do you have a message? If you don't, you need to get that shit together because what makes someone excited to choose you over every other copywriter out there is going to be you. <laughs> but if you don't show them who you are, like all the quirks, all the things that are interesting, all the like, if that's not part of how you operate in your business, then you're going to lose potential clients. There's a way of working that people want to, to get a sense of and see just from how you are in your brand, how you are online, how you're showing up in your, you know, in your website, in all of the content you're putting out there. What are your ethics? What do you stand for? Like if you don't stand for anything, then you don't have a standout factor. So those are pieces that need to be really clear. I get like this is a huge piece of what attracted people to me was I had what we call a unique selling proposition really quite quickly um, in terms of birthing my brand because I had the storytelling background. I understood storytelling DNA. I understood what it was to like have a splashy message and I had already done the work as a screenwriter of understanding what made me marketable as a writer. And so I used that and I applied it to this business and it, it helped it blow up really quickly. So that's the second pillar, the standout factor, right? So pillar one, sizzling skills. Pillar two, the standout factor. Pillar three is systems that sell. Because we like to talk about like the words that sell and the this that sell and the that's that, that sell, but systems actually sell. What do I mean when I say that? I mean that every single touch point in your process with your client, 
is a sales opportunity and a marketing opportunity. Every single interaction you have with your clients is an opportunity to be marketing. That means that all the content that you put out there and how it runs systematically or doesn't, the level of consistency with which you're showing up um, speaks to the trust you're building with them and what they can expect of you as a service provider. So are you showing up with efficiency, professionalism, and care? And have you set up the systems in your business to make sure that you are hitting all those touch points in a way that is not only going to amplify your sales, not only going to amplify your client experience right now, but your sales, you're in your sales now, but also your sales later. And there are different ways of doing that. So for example, here's one example building a testimonial form into your offboarding process. So great that you had like you worked with this client on a project, you manage the project a certain way, you get to the end of this experience and like please give me your feedback. If you have not built feedback into how you are systematically working with clients and selling, not to mention like completing a process with them, then you're not setting yourself up to sell better later because that feedback, those testimonials, staying in touch and doing that relationship management is a huge, huge piece of uh, keeping that sales engine rolling. So that's the third pillar. The fourth pillar is what I call the no proposal approach. (laughs) It is the no proposal approach. So if you're someone who is tired of creating custom proposals for every single person you have a conversation with this is something you're going to love because it's a system that allows you to productize what you're doing so that you do not have to write proposals all the time customize everything you're doing and expend a lot of energy on that and you can still sell services at a high ticket price point how it's by intelligently packaging pricing positioning and productizing what you're offering and this is the other piece that's important It is managing the process at every stage. So if you're not keeping the business moving and managing the process at every stage, you are going to lose money because time is money. So the significance of productizing and processizing how you run your operation is not just, and if you don't know what that means, let me just pause for a minute. Productizing is basically taking a service and making it a product. So it's not everything's flexible and customized. It is, this is exactly what it is. I'm confident from all the work that I'm doing that this is what you need and this is what will serve you best. This is the price point. It's not negotiable. There's no, you know, things that they can sort of subtract or add. It's how you work with people and that's what it is. It's how you give them the best results and you're confident in it. So that's what you offer. And you have actually positioned it appropriately, messaged it appropriately to make it irresistible and a no-brainer yes for them. And then they're like wanting to throw money at you. And it's beautiful. It's beautiful. There are ways to do this that work. I know because I've done them. <laughs> so that's what I mean by productizing. By processizing, I mean there everything has a standard operating procedure. There is an SOP for everything in your business. It is in a process. There is a step-by-step That means that someone else could take the manual and run your business without you there. Now, as a solopreneur, as a creative service provider, you're the person doing the service providing. So you can't actually run your business without you. However, if it's a dream you have to run your business without you, 
not setting yourself up with the agency style approach that I'm recommending from the get-go is not going to help you scale. It's going to get in your way. So we want to take anything that is getting in the way of, of profit flow and remove it, and that means processizing the shit out of it. It also means managing the clients, managing the clients and self-managing. It means you have to take the drama out of it, get the work done when the work needs to get done, and you need to make sure that they are delivering on time because time is money. So there are ways to do that in a in, you know kindly, but this also comes down to boundaries. It comes down to are you clear on when there's scope creep? What are you allowing? Um, a lot of the work that I end up doing with clients often comes da- come, comes back to this boundary work and making sure that they are actually running their business like a business and not taking everything super personally. And when you do this no proposal approach process, uh, it allows you to do that. It's really incredible. The fifth pillar is is what I call client attraction. Um, and it's really it's what it's what that means is that you are willing to be visible. And you're willing to do things that are not comfortable to you as a writer because most of us as writers honestly want to sit behind our computer and do our writing work. We don't want to market. We don't want to go be seen. We don't want to be famous. Like We just want to be the person getting paid to do what we're good at, which is writing. So this is the most uncomfortable piece. However, I have a way of doing it that allows you to not push too many edges simultaneously where you're then too exhausted to do the actual work and show up as your best you, as the writer delivering the best work for the client. So a few things on this that I want to mention. Um, Number one is that like because writing is your best skill, marketing with writing is always going to serve you unless you are tapped out on writing hours, in which case you need another strategy. Okay, so what I mean by that is... um, If you're spending, let's say, 20 hours a week doing writing for your clients, then there's only so many hours you can do writing for your own business before you kind of hit a tipping point. Now, if writing for your own business gives you life, great. I typically recommend that people spend additional hours writing for themselves, but in a creative capacity or in a way that is like a personal project that is not business focused because that will provide energy to them. It will refresh them. It will give them life. That's what the whole craft and cash flow method is about. However, when we're talking about marketing content for your own business, that doesn't always come with the same level of like enthusiasm, energy, excitement, and refresh as, you know, something that's a personal project would. So I, you know, we want to start in the client attraction phase by getting really clear on like what are your personal areas of, um, what are your personal areas of, what's the word I want to use for this? aptitude that's like not a great word but I'm thinking like it's a combination of aptitude and enthusiasm like what are you excellent at um and then what are you like really good at in terms of marketing stuff that won't that doesn't drain you you're excited to do it so you don't have to be amazing if you can bring the enthusiasm um and it's better if you were bringing enthusiasm versus like draining yourself even if the level of excellence isn't as high. So what I mean by that is if you could bring enthusiasm to a video or if you can bring enthusiasm to a live stream or if you can bring enthusiasm to a podcast interview or a guest expert session or if you can bring enthusiasm to like participating in a summit, 
something along those lines, then it doesn't matter as much if it's not at, if you're not as good at that as you are at writing. What matters is that the avenue you choose for client attraction is 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 sustainable energetically across everything else that you're doing in the business. So I will always ask my clients to think about that first, to consider that first, and to make that the priority in terms of how they're making their decisions. But then we always want to circle back to like, it requires you to show up in a way that might be uncomfortable. Now, ultimately, you know, I teach a very relationship-based approach to marketing. Like this is part of the agency style approach is we have a very high touch system for um, marketing and doing sales. It is not, uh, it is not like one to many, like, ah, I'm going to teach a big thing or do a big thing and talk to lots of people. And it's not, it's not that. You know, you can still approach your marketing with a launch style approach that is still agency modeled. And that's what I like to recommend. I like to recommend seasons of marketing, um, but done in a really high touch way. And that allows you to to continue this high touch agency style approach, attract incredible clients that are willing to pay what you want to charge and really value your work and are grateful as well. And they're not just like trying to get a fast result and like really stressed out and just need this help right now. I have different strategies that I teach around how to deal with incoming inquiries that you might you might like want the want the job but feel iffy about the client. How do you handle that? You know, so one example is um, I often tell my clients to keep a buffer in their calendar for clients. Like instead of book yourself out with lots of clients that are burning you out and you're still not making the money you want to make, try underbooking yourself, waiting for the last minute jobs to show up, and then charging more for the rush job. You should be charging more for the rush job anyway. (laughs) But now you have the capacity to do it and you get to be a hero. So strategies like that, depending on what the patterns are in your business, really help you maximize profit without burning yourself out um, or continuing to deal with clients that you don't love working with. The sixth pillar of a six-figure copywriting business is sales and mindset. So... I kind of call this a success mindset. It's really a successful sales mindset. It requires you to deal with any hesitations or blocks you have around receiving money. Um, you know, you might be listening and think like, well, I need to make six figures to replace my corporate revenue. Or you might be thinking, wow, six figures sounds like a lot of money to me. And I don't even, that's, I never thought that I would make, make that much money. Or six figures might sound like not enough money, you know, so who knows, right? But either way, there is definitely going to be some hiccups around selling a service at a certain ticket level if it's new to you to do so. And being able to navigate all of that mind trash as you do it is critical to your success because it's really difficult to get on a sales call with a potential client confidently and sell them into something without even a proposal, which is what I'm going to ask you to do. (laughs) It's what I'm asking you to do. As I am teaching you these six pillars, it's what I'm asking you to do. So being able to do that, get out of your own way, overcome the imposter syndrome of thinking like, I'm not worthy of this or I'm not ready for this or like, will they really pay me this? Let me tell you, the first time that you make a $10,000 sale, with a, a package that, by the way, is absolutely $10,000 worth of work, it changes you in a good way. And I say that because like that's, you know, copywriters that have all of this stuff set up in their business already, they're only doing twenty dollars and $15,000 packages. 
I'm not saying that's where you should start, but that's where you're going if you start implementing these pillars. So the final piece in the successful sales mindset is about being more bold. It's about allowing yourself to step into that bravery um, and it's not charging what you're worth, okay? Like that's a whole other the whole other tangent that I'm not going to get into. Your worth is not – you can't put a dollar value on your worth. Your worth has nothing to do with money. And you absolutely should be paid and paid well for the value you're delivering. So I want you to get paid not for your worth but for your value. I want your value to be clear in the packages that you're putting out there. I want your value to be clear to your clients and I want you to only work with clients who value you and value your time and your energy and your talent. I want them to express appreciation and gratitude in addition to pay their invoices on time. That is that is what your value is. And so I hope that hearing these six pillars of a six-figure copywriting business has motivated you or inspired you or helped you think through or get clearer a little bit on uh, some of these areas of your business and things to sort of think about in terms of where you're maybe not showing up as your best you um, or showing up with you know as a as you know a CEO and as a as a business leader um, it can be really really hard when we are creative people or when we are creative service providers and we are doing a service that we're personally doing it can be really hard to separate ourselves from the work and it's that's a, such a necessary piece to create success in what we're doing. So that honestly is the first step before you can even implement these pillars is deciding that like you're the work is not you and you're not the work. You are providing the work and you are showing up and all these areas of your business um, can be up leveled from there. So if you have not yet hit your first six figures, as a creative service provider, as a copywriter, you can, you will, it's coming, I promise. <laughs> and it can happen for you the same way that it happened for me and has happened for so many of my colleagues, uh, friends, and other writers that I've mentored and worked with and other creative service providers that I've mentored and worked with over the years. It's so more than possible for you. So I just want you to hold on to that. And like, if that is your first, you know, big benchmark that you're aiming for, know that it is probably right around the corner. And this podcast has just moved you a little bit closer. So I'm sending you all the love in the world. If you're not yet in the Creators Making Money group, please join us at creatorsmakingmoney.com slash group. I will be in there to cheer you on and I would love to know any stuck points where you're at if you're trying to build that six-figure copywriting business and feeling like you're hitting some walls or barriers. Um, I'm here for it. Are you a talented writer who's aching to hit that six-figure mark with a copywriting business? Because if so, I've got good news for you. Doors are now open for a special case study round of my program, Create Your Six-Figure Copywriting Business. In it, you'll learn and implement the agency-style approach that had me hitting five-figure months just three months after going full-time in my business. Let me show you how to make the most money possible as a writer for hire, because you know you're that good, and a few tweaks to your business will allow that value to finally show up in your bank account. If this is you, I am not kidding, go to my Instagram right now at Jamie Lynn Jensen and send me a DM that says six figures and I'll send you all the details. 
Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of Creators Making Money, and please don't go anywhere without subscribing. My hope is that the show becomes the therapy you didn't have to pay for and gives you all the know-how, confidence, and ahas you need to succeed on your journey. Sharing how you connected with this episode really makes my day, so please tag me on Instagram at Jamie Lynn Jensen and let me know how this episode helped you. Sharing that with a rating and review also helps me reach more awesome humans like you, and I so appreciate it. If you're looking to connect with more listeners and like-minded creatives like you as well, and also with me, please join us in the private Creatives Making Money Facebook group at creativesmakingmoney.com group. It's totally free to join. And as always, you can find all important links and details in this episode's show notes available at creativesmakingmoney.com. Do not hesitate to head over there right now and grab all the goodies. And as always, create like you mean it.